Today's episode is sponsored by one of my favorite brands in the world, Kettle and Fire Bone Broth. I have been drinking bone broth for a really long time now, and as you've seen sometimes on my story, I will replace coffee with bone broth, and I know that sounds really crazy to a lot of you guys because you can't get your day started without that cup of joe, but let me give you something else to try. Kettle and Fire Bone Broth. It comes in all kinds of sippable flavors. It's non-GMO. They're made with grass-fed bones. It's so incredibly healthy for you. And not only that, it's really good for your hair and your skin and your nails, and it's great for gut health. I mean, really, it's basically a miracle, heavenly, delicious thing that you can have in the morning that's good for you and good for your soul, and it tastes even better. And you know what else is great? If you use the promo code WILDLOVE, you get 10% off, and um, you can join me in this. And I'm going to be drinking bone broth, by the way, for the next three weeks. So join me. Let's see how we feel, and let's do this. Much love, guys. You guys have heard me talk about this before, but it's because I absolutely love these sex toys. Sweet Vibe toys are my favorite. Now, they're all under $50. They come in really bright, fun colors. And I really haven't found something that just, you know, gets my O. (laughs) So I hope you guys check them out. It's sweetvibe.toysonline. And if you want to have your own O, use our promo code, which is WILDLOVE. Have some fun. When we hear the word magic, we probably think about someone pulling a white rabbit out of a hat. But what you'll learn on this episode today with Mia Magic is that may only be a very small portion of it. That magic is actually so much bigger than that. She sits down and tells us how to create more magic in our life, our business, our sexuality by doing different sex magic practices, how we can have multiple orgasms, how we can learn to have multiple orgasms, and what happens if and when you need to transition a relationship. This podcast was actually recorded right in the middle of my transition with Aubrey uh, quite a few months ago, and so this was an important episode for me and created a lot of healing for me during that challenging time. She talks about a ceremony that she did with someone when she transitioned their relationship, and I feel like this is going to resonate with a lot of you guys. On top of it, we laugh a lot. Mia is super goofy, but a wealth of information, and I feel like you're going to be just as inspired as I am to create the most magical life you can. Enjoy. Okay, so the first time, now this wonderful person has been kind of in the field around my community of friends and everybody for a while. But the first time we really connected and I completely fell in love with this beautiful goddess was that Burning Man. Mm. Oh, She showed up and she was in this like maroon dress (laughs) and you had like skulls on your head with roses and she just flew into the RV like a bat out of hell and it was amazing. And she was free bleeding for the same day. Yeah, that was the day. She was painting her face with her blood and I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Amazing. I have to say that, excuse me, my God, (laughs) that was a long plane ride from New York. Okay, I have to say that one of the things I always wondered about Burning Man Mm -hmm. is like, oh, you see women like walking around, wearing whatever they want, maybe wearing nothing. What happens when they get their periods? If I go to Burning Man, I would think to myself, I want to just bleed all over the place. And that's what you did. That's fucking right, girl. And that was exactly how it happened. I was at a festival (laughs) a few weeks beforehand and had had was wearing this dope outfit, or I guess a few months beforehand, because obviously I was bleeding again. Anyway, (laughs) and I had been at this festival and I was wearing this dope outfit and I got just a little tiny bit of blood on my legs and I like panicked. I totally freaked out and was so afraid of like, oh God, and no one can see this. Yeah, no one can see it. Everyone's going to be grossed out and da, da, da. And I just had this, we we did a big like group healing session and I had this moment where it was all about freedom, of course. This whole session, big tapping session with Jen Partridge was all about freedom. And I was like aching, feeling locked inside of this cage because I couldn't just actually be free because like this natural part of my body, that's how we all get here, uh, isn't okay or isn't accepted. And and is scary, right? Yeah, like a terrifying. lot of, I know men, like men in medicine or biology or whatever, who would be my boyfriends and would act like a tampon was like a hand grenade. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Come on, God. come on. But the, the flip side of that is all the power. Yeah. It makes me just want to flick it on their head. I love it. <laughs> 
You know, that's <laughs> where stem cells come from. The, people are paying $20,000 to have stem cells shot into their knee or their wrist or whatever to like regrow their cartilage or who knows what. That's where stem cells come from, from uterine lining and from umbilical cords, which are grown inside the uterus through the blood that is first menstrual. I feel like that must have started a trend at Burning Man. I certainly hope it did. I mean, I was pretty excited. It was so freeing. It was. Just, I remember Whitney came in, like, in, the, in the RV and I had just like put blood all over myself and she looks on my leg and she's like, whoa, what is that? And I was like, it's blood. And she was like, cool. <laughs> it's menstrual blood. Whoa, okay, yeah, but I kind of like yeah, it. I know. And her friend Sarah was just like eating. She was, Look at her. She's Everyone, everywhere we went all day. I was like, okay, okay where, where did like the- five hours later, we're all c- comparing each other's vaginas. We were celebrating each other's vaginas in the yeah. middle of the playa. Your vulvas. Like, vulvas, here's a vulva. Yes. Here's another you know, one. Tiny ones. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Okay, where did the term free bleeding come from? Is it from, because it people were doing it before? Did you just make it up? No, it's definitely a term. It's been around. I didn't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, have you read The Red Tent? No. So The Red Tent is this book about this sort of archaic uh I know. Family. It's like about yeah. a menstrual. And it's about, right? it's about um, the time of the month where all the women are synced up and bleeding mm-hmm. together and they go into the tent. The men are not allowed. They have all their food. They just laugh and giggle and tell stories. And it's like the young girls get to come in and be with right. the older women. And they're just bleeding onto like straw and rags and like because they don't leave. So it doesn't matter. Right. And um, I was actually – I just practiced all of this free bleeding stuff with my mom for the first time. And she was actually pretty chill about it on this um, last trip. Like literally four days ago. Wow. I'm, I'm actually just finishing my bleeding right now. And, um, happy nice. Yeah. And, um, so weird to just be talking about it. It's like, this is actually the thing that I, you know, you asked Whitney asked me like, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And this is actually the thing that I have never shared on my really? platform. Yeah. Like oh, I, it great. It people out. It's like, guys, I just like, it like so you much. said, I yeah. love it so much. It's like such a huge part of my life. And I use the blood for rituals and on candles for spells and like make magic with it and burning things. And like, I, in the last eight months, I've been off birth control for like probably three years now. And in the last eight months, my period comes when something massive happens. Really? Because the like energy what? of what your period is, is the shedding. So like, Right now, like this month, you're the possibilities of who you are and who your partners are. That's like the babies that are potential, right? So if you break up with someone or if you sleep with someone new or if you have this massive transformation, then the possibility and the potential in each of those eggs or in that these potential children changes. And so your body is shedding every month who you were, who your partners were, how your life was, and all of those possibilities every month they shed. And so what's been happening for me is like, oh, I will only bleed. I used to bleed exactly on the full moon, like to the minute, (laughs) to the hour that the moon would be full, I would bleed. And then in the last eight months, it's been like, no, when I do this massive inner child healing or when I sleep with someone for the first time in a long time or when I have this, you know, crazy interaction with the masculine that shifts something in my perspective, it's been like insane. She's like, okay, good. You're done being that person? Shed. Like, okay, done. (laughs) You're done with this pattern? Shed. Like, okay. So what are some of the, like the rituals and ceremonies that you do using your, um, blood? Because if people are interested in me, I, I'm so interested. I want to do that. And also, and I just want you to talk about magic in general. Like what is your definition of it? I I love that we're getting at the intersection of menstruation and magic. Mm -hmm. Bless. I never thought I would be sharing about that publicly. So I'm very excited (laughs) to be uh, talking about my two favorite topics. Um, (laughs) So for me, magic is intentional connection to yourself in your multidimensional aspects of being. So your physical body, your energetic body, your emotions, your spiritual self. Intentionally connecting with all of those layers and then utilizing your energy system, whether that's like grounded rootedness of the element of earth or the power and motivation and will of your fire, of your, of your 
your spirit or your breath, right? You can make magic with your breath and that's the wind. And then there's your emotions. Like I do all kinds of rage rituals because I got a lot of rage and, and like the water. I can't is wait the, to learn the rage yeah. rituals. <laughs> the sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. This is the, this is what we're doing. There's all the rage rituals. Like that's some of my favorite shit too. <laughs> and, um, and the water is the emotions. Like, you know, some days the ocean is still and calm and some days she will fuck your ass up. Some days she's roiling. She got mm-hmm. sharks in there. Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You know, she gonna hit you. Yeah. Wait, so, okay. Can I ask how you got into magic? Because we're talking about modern magic and yeah. sort of your definition of magic and you're you're putting it out there in the world for the rest of us to use. How did you come to this realization? I love it. I was a super magical little girl. I was like <laughs> all into the fantasy and the fairy tales and the riding dragons and just as much magic as I could get. And then I, I was just kind of like too big for my small town. And everyone was like, you're a fucking loser. We don't like you. We're going to just what was this small everything. town? Uh, I grew up in Northern California in Humboldt. Okay. Yeah. Bayside is my town. I'm sorry they didn't tolerate your love of magic enough. But I know. Fuck you're them. Too magical. But now you're with us. <laughs> you're magical. I wouldn't trade lives with a single one of those people. Bless your fucking light. But mm-mm. so <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah. So I just was like told not to believe or that I was a loser. And so I wanted so badly to be accepted yeah. that I was like, okay, I am a loser. I'll stop believing in all the things that I believe in and I'll just change mm-hmm. So my you believed be in like else. fairies and witches Girl, and everything. All of it. And mermaids. I was like, I'm Pocahontas. This is my grandmother Redwood instead of the willow. Like I was all about it. Because Humboldt County is kind of a magical seeming place, right? With all Girl, the redwoods. It's literally and, the enchanted yeah. forest. It's gorgeous. I, I was saw like, you posted on your yeah. Instagram. Whoa. I was running around there, like literally talking to fairies and gnomes and like, oh. I mean, it was just I think you even said, I'm from heaven. And then you showed, like, yeah, oh, river six these green wow. rivers. Yeah. How old were you when people tried to shut this down? Well, I actually went to a really hippie school from kindergarten through fifth grade. So we were totally allowed to be weird and magical until that. And so it was probably, like, 10 or 11. And then there was just, like, the hard yeah, end yeah, exactly. at 10 or 11. Yeah, like, public magic, school. Magic, magic, stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so oh. then. Um, you had, like, a total abrupt end of magical childhood thing full on like it was like within a matter of months I just completely like became like a Stepford child you know like how can I make everyone like me you know like (laughs) so fucking weird (laughs) yeah so it was hard but then I was in an accident when I was 16 and I almost lost my arm and it took a while to really understand that that happened for a reason and our friend McCod who's actually like who really connected us at Burning Man um, he told me this story of what he had been through and he said, well, you chose that. And at first I was like, fuck you, dude. Like, why would I choose to be in horrible pain and be disfigured? Like that, you know, it just didn't make sense to me why he would say that. And, um, then I started, first it started with like conspiracy theories and like, oh, well, this is the secret of what's really going on. But first of all, I'm really into etymology, which is the origin of words and conspire just means to breathe together. So a conspiracy was like people who are breathing, which like breath in the elemental systems, like what I was talking about with magic is it represents love, but it also represents thought and communication. So it's like us communicating with each other, us sharing truth, it's clarity and truth. So a conspiracy was sharing truth together. And so those like weird things started with like stuff about 9-11 because I was living in New York right after that happened. And, um, yeah, I just started looking at things differently than everyone had told me to look at them. And that led me to quantum physics. And I was a New Yorker at the time. So it was like, you know, it has to be scientific and it has to be real and it has to be tangible. I have to be able to see it and understand it. And so science really opened this door for me that I had had closed since I was a little girl. And once the science started to make sense and I was understanding quantum reality and the holographic universe theories, I was like, hold up, like, this sounds a lot like magic to me. And um, and then that led me to seeking higher consciousness and spirituality. And ultimately, after deep inner child healing, uh, that's when I was able to be like, wait, this is all just different words for magic. We call it energy. We call it 
alchemy. We call it all these different things. Or healing. Or or healing. Exactly. Or activation or whatever. And it's just the same thing that I believed, which is that we have power beyond what we've been programmed to believe. We have access to energy that is more than what society tells us. We we have gifts. We have power. We have supernatural abilities that are that are just that 90% of our brains that we've been shut off from using. And so that was how I really got started again. And then it was like different people, different books, the the goddess energy. Okay, well, how if we all are birthed through women, how is God a man? Like, mm, that doesn't feel right to me. Okay, so I'm going to like look at all the ancient matriarchal societies where God is a woman or like the mother is the is the creator and um, and then it was just everything. And I, you know, some some of my friends really resonate and call themselves witches. And I got into the ancient craft and all just I'm like a total shapeshifter. So I'm just like, I'm just going to take a little bit from here and from there. From here and there. Little spiritual buffet, you know? Yeah. And then you're using magic to heal other people. Like I think mm-hmm. from what I understand about what you do, some people might call it coaching. Yeah. Some people might call it therapy. Mm-hmm. But you're bringing magic to these people. Yeah, it's really like healing the wounds that keep you from believing in knowing, understanding, utilizing, and cultivating your own innate power and divinity, and then harnessing and wielding that power to create the life that you desire. And what are some of the best ways to do that? Like, can I ask, for example, this is something a lot of people deal with, a breakup. How could you use magic to heal from a divorce or a breakup? Do you ever talk to people about that? Yeah, I do. I've actually uh, guided one couple through that before, and it was really beautiful uh, what we were able to create. And I actually helped another couple um, on the verge of breaking stay together, and that was that was really rewarding. So what I did recently with someone that I – ended a a container with was we sat and we called it harvesting. And we just sat across from one another and harvested all the lessons that we'd learned in our time together. So all of the hardships, all of the challenges, all of the pain, all of the blessings. This is where you're falling short. This is where I see you. This is what your potential is. Like, this is where you could be better. And like, this is where you're magnificent. And this is where there's no one like you. And this is where like, you just make me want to bow at your feet. Just like all the beauty. And we were done. Like it was done. And we made a conscious choice to sit across from one another for like three hours. And we call, you know, we set, you know, this is like part of magic, right? You can, um, if I just poured water right here, it would spill everywhere. But if I put a vase or a vase here, then the water will fill it. So that's what you do in magic when you create a container. You like set a circle or create some type of just energetic container for the magic to be filled with. And you can do that just with your fingers. You can do it just with your mind. You can call it in and be like, I call upon a circle of white light to envelop this temple space, whatever it is. And so you create a container and we did that. We like gridded the room. We did this whole dance thing before we were both like, and just like getting all of the shit out so that when we came together, we were in our hearts and that we were like free and none of the bullshit mattered. And we were like activated and we breathed and we danced and we yelled. And then we sat down and that to me was the most, I've never had a breakup like that. I had never had any type of ending relationship. You know, you think about people you have the fake conversations with them in their head, in your head. Well, fuck you, and you will. And I'm gonna say this to you when I see you. And, like, I <laughs> and then you don't say any of that time. when you see them. Yeah, you like, never get all your words. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and it was the most powerful experience of ending a relationship that I'd ever had. And it was, it just, it was like the whole thing, all the cords just like melted away. And there was nothing left. And it was like, I bless you on your journey. I feel blessed by you on mine. That's it. It's amazing because we don't mark those ceremonies and departures, really, when I think about it. Like, I was talking to Whitney about how when my friends get divorces, there is a long process because usually they're married and they have children and shared property. Or my other friends who are in relationships for a long time most of the straight people I know when they break up, it's kind of sudden. And are you gay? No. Oh, okay. But, but a lot of my friends are. And I was telling Whitney that 
Um, the lesbians that I know, there's a lot of processing in general in their relationship. But I remember two very close friends of mine um, were girlfriends and they decided to break up. And the next time I checked in, they were still breaking up. And the next time I checked in, they were still breaking up. And I was like, you guys, how long is this going to take? Like, just like yeah. break up. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And they hmm. said, we spent this time together. So we're going to spend some time coming apart. Wow. And I love that you turned that into a ritual that two yeah. people can do together to acknowledge that. Yeah, yeah that's huge. It's like, so I mean, you hear the term like conscious uncoupling, right? Yeah. But that's exactly what you you did and what like I feel like should be talked about more and celebrated more instead of the relationship's over. We can't talk to each other. We can't see each other. Don't hang out with my friends. You can hang out with your friends. Yeah. When it's like, but we shared so many beautiful months or weeks yeah. or years together. I mean. And let's find a way to celebrate each other and be able to move on yeah. in a healthy, in yeah. the healthiest way. And I feel like, man, if people had a better understanding of that, a breakup wouldn't flip their world upside down as much as it does. Because there would be, instead of just a rendering of the fabric, yeah. there would be like, I don't know, an undoing of it, a yeah. magical. Yeah. And know. like, even what we call it, like, you know, what I said before, like, I'm so passionate about words and how we speak about things and we call it a break up. I don't understand the up part, like whatever, cool, but, um, <laughs> but like it's, you know, it's breaking because it's, it's yeah. broken. But if you, it, yeah, if you make it a ritual or say, I mean, that's, that's really also like, that's what I was going to say about magic after the elemental thing. I've come up with so many eloquent versions of it. And somehow when I'm on the spot and it's like, someone, someone will ask me through a text, like what's magic? And I'll like write out this like dope thing. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to save that. And then like I done. And then when I try to explain, it, I'm like, um, well, it's, um, I think you're just saying that your magic is an iterative process for you. You, you're inventing it and you're drawing on traditions and you're totally. inventing it at the same yeah. time. Yeah. But I just mean like, if you make everything a ceremony, then life is magical. Oh yeah, that's so true. If you make your yeah. morning practice a ritual, then you are setting yourself up for a magical day. And if you've shared time with someone, make a ritual of the end of that. Make a make an honoring, even if it's just like an offering, literally. And that that was really what it felt like that we did is, is we made an offering to love or to sex or to connection itself by being like, this is what this thing gave to us. And we said it to one another. And then it was like. Yeah. I was talking to someone recently about like how relationships, when they end, it can almost be like an expansion instead of a contraction. Because everyone thinks like your relationship's contracted and it's over. Right? No one And it's like a death. And it's like a death. Yeah. But it's like it can be if done, you know, effectively and lovingly, it can be an expansion of what the possibility of your relationship is. It's a transition. doesn't necessarily have to be an end. Yeah. There's an infinite way of being able to think about how you can have that person in your life. And if you're coming at it from that mindset, then it's like, cool, we're actually expanding our relationship with one another. Yeah. I think a contraction of a relationship would be staying in a relationship that neither one wants to be in. Yeah, for sure. And that's like what 90% of people are doing. I was going to say like (laughs) 99.9, but maybe I'm just too dark. Well, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) that's why I was like not with anyone for so long is because I just personally, and I'm rewriting this story. I'm so excited for like the fucking Dragon King awakened, powerful warrior to just like sweep me off my motherfucking feet. Um, (laughs) But I have had a really hard time finding a man that is, that I would even be willing to like open myself in a container to like, in a, in a real way, even this person that I was, that I was with for this short amount of time, like I would never even like look at him twice in a normal day. And he, his energy was really powerful and we had this beautiful connection and like, it's still, it's like not even close to like what I really want and desire. And so it's challenging to find a man. It's like women right now, obviously we're always like moving a little quicker. Uh, But I find that there's more women, at least in my field, who are doing the work, committed to their path, have their business shit together, and are physically beautiful and take care of themselves. 
Like I have, I have yet to find as many men who are as committed on the path, have their shit together and are really beautiful. It's just like, I just want that. Hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe time for a woman, Mia. I don't know. Yeah, hey. I did that once. I fucked a girl with a strap on and it was amazing. Was it was so fucking empowering. It was the most incredible sexual experience I ever had because I was the man. Did you use a specific strap on? You know, you Whitney, that's an excellent question. <laughs> you and your, what's the catalog? We do like get to get into what's it. What's that place? The stockroom catalog. Yeah, the stockroom catalog. <laughs> you just go through the catalog and it's like, yeah. wow, there's oh my so God. many sex. Toys there was this a coffee table that you lock your sub in the cage and it's the coffee table and you're just like, yeah, oh, deal with it. You're down here. Yeah, no, it wasn't a specific type. It did have vibration like, on both yeah. ends. Oh, see, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to do that, have the vibration on you as well. Because then oh, apparently yeah. every time you thrust, you get the vibration. On Girl, honestly, I didn't even need the vibration because just the thrusting and how much she liked it was fucking Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Magic. <laughs> it was magic. It was magic. Yeah, that was the magic You too. did some shape-shifting. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. That was, that was a good, yeah, I'm definitely looking for a uh, slightly more intentional version of sexuality these days. That was like, you know, a late night in Miami. <laughs> okay. What oh, my that? God. Amazing. That makes it so much better in my mind because I'm like, I think it's Mia and you guys had this ceremony. Oh, no, girl. Like, I'm going to fuck you with a strap on and woo, you know. But no, it's a late night in Miami. Oh, yeah. It was after like the club or something. Oh, yeah. After the club. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It was so it was many good life. things happen after the club. It was yeah. another lifetime <laughs> for me. Note to self. Yeah. Wait, so tell me something that we've talked about a lot and something that I haven't done yet, but I really want to is a pleasure party. Oh, girl. Oh my God. We should do that while you're in town. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yay. Whitney yeah. just really perked up when you I know, said she that. I know. liked it. Because it will change your fucking life. Because, okay, okay tell us what a pleasure crazy. party is. So, Layla Martin, laylamartin.com, all the fucking classes, all the everything, one of my best friends in the whole world that I've learned so much from. My God. Like, that woman is an encyclopedia. I did just watch her um, video on penis massage. So, I will be. She knows that fucking out everything. That woman, I mean, I can't even. And like her definition of Tantra is just like, it's a, it's a path towards enlightenment that is all about serving the goddess. I'm just like, yes, queen. So, anyways, <laughs> so Layla Martin uh, has a year long coaching certification, and two of my friends were doing it. And there are all these different practices. Every, I think, like five days a week, you have to do a pleasure practice, which is like something um, involving an emotional aspect of your healing, whether it's like fear or disgust or um, ideal partnership or moving into empowerment, like whatever. I mean, every day you're doing something. It's an incredibly intensive course. All the women that I've seen go through it are like experts. And um, because Layla is a boss. And so these two girls were getting together. It was like a birthday party. And they were like, oh yeah, we have, we're going to do pleasure practice tomorrow. And we all like looked at them. We were like, what? Okay. Those are two words that need to go together. Pleasure Pleasure practice. practice. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. So that's the pleasure practice. So that's what we do. It's, it's an intentional masturbation that has either a goal, which is like with sex magic, you have a goal. So it's like a manifestation that you're calling in something that you want to bring into your life, whether it's partnership or more money or um, like something with your business, whatever it is. Like one of my friends was launching a book and she was like, oh, I want my book to have this and this and this. And like, this is what I'm sending up and out. And again, you use the elements. So you start with your root, which is your, the, the base of your body, your roots, literally your legs, the earthy, primal, animalistic, like connected to the ground. You can just like picture your pussy, like rubbing up against the earth or like fucking a tree or something. I like to use nature for instead of porn. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, And then you move into your womb, which is the water, right? That's the blood. That's the river, the flow, like the power and the calm and the stillness. That's the sensuality, like how we feel things. And then you bring it up into your solar center, your your solar plexus, the fire. And that's like the will. And you, you just ignite this creation with the fire and bring all of your motivation and all of your drive into it. And then you breathe it up into your heart. And that's the air, right? It's like the unconditional love. And I had this whole download. Anyways, I'll talk, talk about that at a different moment. Um, <laughs> the trees always give me the best wisdom. So then it's the air, right? It's the breath. Our 
if we didn't build walls, the air would be everywhere, right? It's a metaphor for unconditional love. We put up all these walls around ourselves, but really air is just meant to be breathed in and out from us and nature, right? So then you breathe life into your creation, into your manifestation, and then you draw it up into your throat. And that's like the sound, right? It's the vibration. It's like, how do you bring it into physical manifestation? And then you bring it up into your third eye and that's light. That's the vision. What does it look like? How does it, what is this, this creation? What does your life look like with this creation in manifestation? And then you lift it all the way to your crown, which is like the connection, receiving, sending it out. And as you reach your crown, you orgasm or climax if that's something that you're doing. And you okay. can also do it the other direction and that's like birthing something into reality. Okay. A few questions. Yes. What you got, girl? <laughs> okay. I have so many when questions. When are we doing this? Okay. What, <laughs> yeah. When are we and doing so we this? so we do it all together. That's like okay, all like, in a circle. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first time you do this, your girlfriends tell you we're going to do a pleasure practice. Yeah. And you two all, of them were doing it and then we all were like, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. And then all of a sudden there were like eight of us. So you all day. joined in mm-hmm. and you all like decide we're all going to masturbate at the same time and we manifest play music. our power. Uh-huh. We play music. We listen to recordings of Layla's usually. Um, sometimes. Sometimes she'll just call, like at Burning Man, we did it in the RV and she's just calling out from the back room. And now feeling it in your, you know, it's just like so classic. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all like masturbating and like dancing all over the RV. And <laughs> it's like, but anyways, the most, the most powerful part about it is that we've only ever, at least in my experience, other than that one time with that one girl, we've only ever experienced another woman's pleasure like through porn or a closed door where you're not a lot, like you're not supposed to listen, you know, you're not supposed to hear it, you're not supposed to be part of it. This is between these two people and everyone else, you know, it's like bad or wrong to to hear it or whatever. Unless you're gay and then you get to do it all the time. Right. Yes. So I'm. I am speaking more about the straight community. That's the experience that but I it's, have. It's it's true what you're saying. For most straight women, other women's sexuality is just like such a mystery. Yeah. Either mm-hmm. terrifying, intimidating, yeah. or completely unknown. Or like shameful, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so like this was so funny. So my friend Coco, she was like. You know, the first instinct in me is like, oh my God, like I shouldn't be seeing this. Like, oh, da, da. and then I was like, we're all fucking naked, like touching ourselves. Everyone has their own individual bowl of coconut oil and like our little beautiful thrones. We call them, they look like giant dog beds, but we call them thrones. And everyone like has their little spot to lay in their own blanket. It's all fuzzy and comfortable. And she was just going for it. And the, just the fact that I could see her, even just for a moment, and then be okay. Like nothing, she didn't break. I didn't break. Nothing bad happened. (laughs) Yeah. And then eventually we both, you know, orgasmed like later, obviously not while I'm watching her, but it was completely mind blowing. It just was unlike any experience I'd ever had. And then we started doing it pretty consistently, like once a week or twice a week. And then like once a month and often on Layla and I, when we were living together, we're doing it, you know, three or four times a week. And we just had our one year anniversary of our group oh. pleasure practices in April. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Thank Happy you. Anniversary. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> that was so beautiful. Because that's not easy. No. A whole and year we had of like masturbating to together. Celebrate. Actually it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is it's so easy. And I brought my other friend, Molly, who had never done it before. And she's like, crying and coming and like, you know, sometimes you get two orgasms in. It's like, it's just unbelievable to accept each other's pleasure, each other's bodies, each other's beauty, each other's uniqueness and individuality. And like, you know, when someone's really going for it, like, does that shut you down or does it turn you up, you know? And uh, yeah, that has been truly one of the most profound, profound gifts and blessings in my life. And you guys have been doing it for a year. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? Just like tap a person to come in or you. Just, yeah. You yeah. get invited. Yeah. yeah. It's, hey girl, you want to come over and masturbate later? <laughs> yeah. Oh my well, God. we call it pleasure practice. No, we call it sex magic. Sex like, magic. Yeah. You want to do sex magic together. Do you want to yeah. do sex magic together? That's a I question. Do, I think, yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a question that needs to 
It needs to yeah. enter our vocabulary. Oh my God. And do when you want we've to do done magic something together? for a particular woman, like it happens and you know, we do it for each other and it's like, oh, well let's do it for this or let's do it for this person's birthday or let's do it for this person's oh launch. My God, that's and then so you're like great. sending yeah. the energy and no one's facing each other. You can't see anything. Like it's all organized so that it's all like, you know, safe. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's profound. And you know what would be great? I don't know what kind of questions you get. I get these questions all the time having written a book about female sexuality. This always makes me really sad when I'm at an event. And the question is, I've never had an orgasm. Mm, yeah. It would be so great if you did sex magic for women who want to have an orgasm and haven't. Oh, absolutely. I feel like you could do that magic, Mia. I actually didn't have an orgasm the first time we did it. And I remember feeling like, oh, no, there's something wrong with me. And the amount that I have learned about my body since doing it, I didn't I didn't know where my cervix was. I didn't even really know what that was. And in one of the parts, Layla talks about um, like the cervix being part of the root chakra and part of that primal nature. And so I like reached up a little further than I'd ever been in there, you know, and, and felt it. And now I have this like incredibly powerful, pleasurable relationship to a part of my body I didn't even really know about. You're one of those lucky women who you have a sensitive cervix and it gives you sexual pleasure to touch it. Yeah, but it didn't at first. But it didn't at first. You got to learn how. Yeah, you got to learn how. Like, you know, at first, like I couldn't, I didn't know how to have a G-spot orgasm. The first like hundred times I tried to masturbate, I didn't have an orgasm. I would like get to the point and then like, and like freak out because, you know, it like almost like hurts a little bit when the pleasure is building and it's intense. And I think that that's what happens to a lot of women is they don't know that like once you let go and spill over, it's like the most, I mean, orgasmic energy. That's like the big bang. Like to me, it's like the big birth. It's like orgasmic energy is the most powerful creative energy on the planet. And there are birthing clinics in South America that are doing orgasmic birth and babies are being born with an orgasm in like 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, you just like, and the baby's like, oh my God, I'm going to South America. I know. No, I already enlisted two of my friends. I'm like, Layla and my friend Rachel. I'm like, I'm going to need you guys to be pleasuring me while I'm giving birth. They're like, okay, we got you. Yeah, some women do have orgasms during birth. I mean, I was reading about female orgasmic variation. Like, talk about magic. Like, a sex researcher would say, well, this is under the rubric of sex research, but if you're looking at the world through the lens of magic, the female um, like capacity for orgasm is very magical. I was reading all the different ways that these women reported they could have orgasms. They were talking to Debbie Herbenick, who's a sex researcher, and she was mm. like, "What are the what's the range and variation mm. of female orgasm?" You guys, it was crazy. One woman was like, "I had an orgasm because someone was healing." like a piece of skin off my back Ooh. from a sunburn and it felt so Whoa. perfect and I had an orgasm from it. Another woman said that she had an orgasm from like walking across the feeling on her feet of walking across like a kind of roughly hewn wooden floor. Another woman had an orgasm from <laughs> like, like, the floor. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this one's a little smooth. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 Another woman said that she had had an orgasm from just um, – or she, like, that would look, oh. that looked like the lawnmower. Yeah. I well, you know what it was? Lawnmower. It was that she, <laughs> she had had a corgasm from working out. And so one time she got up to, like, she got out of her car and she went to push a grocery cart and she engaged her core and she had an orgasm from pushing the grocery cart. Wow. Oh, was yeah. Did I mention the woman who had an orgasm from eating a perfect tomato? Did I say that? No, right? no. That's great. And the woman who had an orgasm from anxiety when she was taking her statistics exam. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so I think wow. the, the paper's by Debbie Herbenick, and it's called Orgasm Variety. And, That's or, amazing. Okay, but and anyway. someone had an orgasm from, like, a UTI, too, right? Yes, from a – oh, yeah, from a UTI. Oh, God, That's I so wish. horrible. Well, yeah, I know. Oh, my God. No, I'm, like, what in the back feels like. You, but you, have, you have erectile tissue around your urethra, so it – but anyway – Another way to look at that is like the magical aspects of female orgasm. Oh, yeah. And which I is mean, what you're tapping into. In Layla's retreat, we you can have orgasms from grief and from pain and from sadness and from anger. And I've seen it all and experienced some of it myself and also like learned how to do energetic orgasms, which is just like hitting the right angle of your 
coccyx, your tailbone, which is the base of your kundalini, right? The mm. base of your spine. The You can just hit it against the, like a, I wouldn't do it on a hardwood floor, but you know, you can do it on like carpet or outside. I do it a lot outside. And you can just literally run energy up your spine to the point where you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> 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 okay, sorry. I just did it accidentally. Anyways, it's very easy. <laughs> <Yay>! Honestly, <yeah. laughs> we witnessed it. We witnessed it. That was a micro. I had to ring that one Your in. Your cheeks but, um, are all flesh. I know. My God, I couldn't believe that. I was like, oh, I was just going to pretend. And then I make <laughs> it so you make it, I guess. Um, <laughs> so you yeah. can do that by just tapping your coccyx against you can, the ground. Yeah, your tail, your tailbone. You have to like get, you know, get your tilt right, like what feels right in your body. But yeah, I, mine's like the right at the point at the top of my butt cheeks. Yeah. Okay. I'm feeling yeah. back there. Yeah, I'm right like there, that. that little coccyx okay. point where your tail yeah. would have been. Definitely and try this at home. Like, yeah, t- you know, say, and you can do, I find it's really helpful to do the same practice with the energy, like feel the groundedness, feel the roots, feel the earth, and then bring it into your womb and then bring it into your power and then bring it into your heart and bring it into your voice and bring it into your sight and then send it up and like, obviously it doesn't always take that long and you can just talk about it and have one, but that takes practice. So you <laughs> like expert, that's expert mode. That's a magical orgasm. One from just tapping your coccyx on the ground. That's mm-hmm. wild. Layla did that I as feel like her you're talent an- show talent at Burning Man. And that's, I was like, okay, this is some fucking real magic. Yeah. I was thinking the other day something came up. I was like, because pleasure is now becoming a bigger conversation thing. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, talking about children and masturbation mm. and, like, should there be masturbation, like, how, how classes for children? So, and like, how do you please mm. yourself? How do you pleasure yourself, you know, mm. instead of yeah. making, like, no, 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 you do that behind closed doors. Or, and then we also talked about this where parents are now buying vibrators for their younger, you know, like, adolescent teens. You guys probably don't remember this, but when Clinton was president, he had this great surgeon general. Her name was Jocelyn Elders. She was an African-American woman, a doctor, obviously, and became the surgeon general. And um, she talked about how sex ed should include information about masturbation, that we should teach kids how to masturbate. And of course, like Clinton had to fire her. He had to, she had to, her, yeah, to force her resignation. And it was such what? A, I know it was such an explosive, controversial topic for people. Oh meanwhile, God. meanwhile, what we know about women is that women who are orgasmic tend to know their bodies, and women who don't have a problem having orgasm are usually masturbated as girls and figured it out and like knew what their bodies wanted and what was pleasurable for them. Hmm. Can you believe, and I think Jocelyn Elders had to retire in 1992, resign in 1992 or 93. Wow, that's like right when he went into office. Right? Yeah, And it was an early on thing that like, that was it. She went too far by saying the most basic thing. It'll, it'll yeah. get kids to know what they like. It, and you, for them to know their body. They too. might postpone yeah. the first time they have sexual intercourse. The, you know, yeah. sex will be a better experience for them. They'll have more control. Girls who know how to masturbate and know what they like will recognize coercion. They won't tolerate pain. Such a great message, but it got so shut down. I think that Mia's opening the message back up. Well, I think, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be a proponent. First of all, I don't believe in vibrators because I use those for so long and I know how you can like get off really quick. But man, like using your own digits and feeling Mm -hmm. what your body is and wants and like having to actually work for the orgasm, not work, but like. Okay. But I'm just going to say, you're going to have to pry mine out of my cold, dead hand. (laughs) I feel you, but like for me, I've never, I think the fastest orgasm I've ever had from sex was maybe like seven or eight minutes. And I can have an orgasm with my vibrator in like 30 seconds. And so I, I, for me, my personal experience was that I wasn't teaching my body how to get turned on. And then every time I would have sex, I wouldn't have an orgasm. Wait, when you say have sex, totally do you mean down. intercourse or how, when you say you have an orgasm from sex in seven or eight minutes? 
Do you mean intercourse? Or? Yeah, I mean okay. intercourse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. like, yeah. But it, but with a vibrator, you can do it in, like, a matter of seconds. But my only thing with kids is that I just wish that there wasn't shame about our bodies in general. I don't mm. think I, – I hear where – I can see the, like, right-wing perspective of, like, teaching children about masturbation is evil. Like, that's bullshit. But we know that a lot of the things that, like, the church has programmed into us are bullshit. Um, and a lot of the things that they said are bullshit, like, all of the magic is totally real. Um, but I do think that giving children permission to explore themselves and like letting that be okay and not shaming our genitals and making them bad and wrong and dirty, that's a a door that if we opened then like the kids who, cause I never, I wasn't masturbating as a little girl, but I would like, you know, the feeling of riding a horse felt good or like I'd make out with my friends, you know, or then we like lay on top of each other and like roll around and that all felt really good. My okay, friends. that was beyond masturbation. You were super precocious. I love oh, it. Yeah, but I wasn't doing it with myself. I was only forcing my friends to make out with me. <laughs> I was like that little girl. You were already into community <laughs> masturbation. What oh, a ball. Well, no, we never actually like touched each other. It was just like we'd pretend to kiss and stuff. Then everyone knew that like that's what I was going to do. If and you, you, want, your, like, if you were going to come over to my house. Exactly. Yeah. And then people, people <laughs> stopped wanting to come over to my house. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Wait, did you arrange your Barbies so oh, that they had orgies? Sure. Yeah. yeah. But now all, all of my girlfriends, it's so funny. We were all the girls that would, like, have our girlfriends over and, like, try and kiss and, like, play and stuff. And then girls started to be like, ew. And now, like, all my best friends, we're all that girl. Like, we were all the one that the girls were finally like, I don't want to go over to your house. You know oh, what I mean? Kind of you cool, were just actually. too... You were, I was ahead of my time. You were, you were, you were maverick, yeah, okay? Exactly. You were a, ma- you know? yeah. a magic masturbation <laughs> maverick man. You know what would be cool? I just thought of, I don't know if it exists, probably doesn't, but if there was like a children's, quote unquote, children's book of masturbation. So like maybe Great you don't idea. need to give them a vibrator or anything like that, but it's like a book on how to pleasure yourself and it's something that they can yeah. take into their room and they can feel comfortable and it's like this yeah. is a safe place and this is something that can teach you because how how, how many kids start to masturbate and think oh my god this is a catastrophe i'm, I'm doing a, something wrong i'm a bad person i'm weird there's something wrong with me oh, could uh, could we reel that back and save them from that experience of thinking that something's terribly wrong with them i told my mm. kids um all the time i have boys so when boys are little you can see what's going on. They're yeah. playing with their penises. I mean, you can see girls rubbing their vulvas too. But um, I had little boys and at a certain point, I just had to really like channel pretending I was a Dutch parent because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dutch parents are very enlightened about sex ed and channel my mom who's like was an old school second wave feminist and would say to my brothers, that's fine. Just that's just something we do in private. So that was all my my message always to my sons. And then I discovered that the more you just tell them that, the more questions they'll have for you. And yeah. then you're deep in the conversation. Yeah. And when you get past your discomfort, you've opened up this channel to talk to your kids about sex, which we're so not supposed to do here. Yeah. But who else do we want them to get the information from? Yeah, right. Because they're not getting not it at school. Us. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not school. Then they're going to go to porn or yeah, straight to having. Oh my sex. god! Can I tell you how much I say to my son? What you see happening in porn, in heterosexual porn, that's not really what women like in general. And um, so, if you want to see some porn that shows you what women like, and then my seventeen-year-old says. We're not having this conversation where you tell me what kind of porn I should be watching. But I'm trying, I'm trying to do that magic, man. But is there, well, is there like that. a specific video or like porn site that does have that? Yes. You know who's great? No, for this? stop it. Erica Lust. Well, she's a female pornographer and she creates porn that's very centered on female pleasure and very sexy. Ooh, because I've been having, when I was Love in that. that little like interaction with this dude, there were like a couple of other people in the field and they were like, we want you guys to make conscious porn. And I was like, I don't want to make conscious porn with him, but like <laughs> I would make some conscious porn. Okay, so you I need like to meet plan. Erica Lust. You want to team up? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Right. New porn empire. Conscious porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this idea, here I come. Oh yes. I mean, the thing is, is it's an insane, insanely profitable industry what if you were doing it in a way that's like 
really looking at each other and like feeling into your body and being worshipped and celebrated, both men and women, not, not just like, I love to worship a man, but I do not watch porn. It just doesn't, I don't, bleh. Like, you, like, I think you would like Erica Lust's porn and, cool, I'm gonna and, check her out. and Cindy Gallup, who does something oh God, called love Make Love, you know Not Porn. Yeah. We cool. Got, yeah, check it out because they're doing sex magic like Lust. you, but they're just not calling it that. That's what's so crazy is almost <laughs> every guy I've ever been with has like, his life has blasted off after we had sex because like this <laughs> pussy is fucking powerful. <laughs> And, like, I just didn't know it. And it's wild. Like, even on my trip that I just got back from making my little micro show about magic and living the ancient way in the modern day. Wait, tell us about that. I I want to know what that is. Okay, but really quick, let me say this thing. I realized, like, how much I still, because of that old programming that started with my sexuality, I still do the things that other people want me to do instead of doing what I want to do. And that started with sex and it like has bled out into the rest of my life. And I even still do, like I had not had sex in two years and I had sex with someone who wanted to more than I did. And I was so afraid of being rejected that I did it even though I didn't want it. Because you were focused on somebody else's pleasure or providing pleasure. Just not, no, it was a, it was a, so that I wouldn't have to feel pain of being rejected. But then. By asking for what you wanted or by saying what you wanted. By saying, no, I don't want this. Okay. And like, it's insane. Even like three days ago, this guy was asking me for my number and he's like, oh yeah, you want to give me your number so we can stay in touch? And I just wanted to be like, no, like, can't you read my body language? Like, (laughs) I'm not fucking interested and instead, I just was like, um, sure. And like, thank God he didn't have a phone. And I hope he didn't remember it. Cause I actually, like, I meant to give him a fake number and I didn't, <laughs> I gave him the real one. But anyways, it's just like crazy that that's, I think the thing about teaching children to know their own bodies. If you know your body, it's like you said, yeah. a woman won't accept pain if she knows what pleasure or what desire or what like safety feels like in her own body. And she feels entitled to it. Yeah. Or yeah, just worthy of it. It's mm-hmm. like if your whole life you've Deserving. been told that you, you, it's shameful and it's dirty and it's bad and it's wrong, then when a man wants it from you, how are you supposed to value it and honor it and be like, actually, I don't feel like doing this right now. It's like, oh, well, it's dirty and shameful and he wants it. So you better just give it to him. So anyways, that's yeah. that's a pattern that I've really noticed that I, I feel like if someone had taught me something different as a little girl, that, I mean, who knows? Everything's the way it's supposed well, to be. Well, when you were huge, it, huge for huge. A, a lot of women. I mean, that's something that I've always dealt with and continue to deal with. And I was listening to this podcast on the plane right here and I can't remember um, exactly what it was, but she talks about how even giving like her daughter a back rub, like a very young daughter, giving her a back rub and having her daughter say, or asking her, okay, but how do you want your back rub? Was it Sue J. Johnson? Yes. My friend Sue? Yes. yes. That's exactly who it was. And she yeah. talks Wonderful. about just like, okay, but tell me how you want your back rub. Yeah. You know? So then you get in the practice of just talking about what you truly wow. want and what you really yeah. desire. And it can just be, and it stems from pleasure, right? Because yeah. a back rub is pleasurable. Yeah, just she's like the best. just creating that from a very young age. Wow. She talks about how she teaches her daughter. I mean, it's sort of what you're talking about. It's a different kind of magic that she, yeah. the, just empowering her daughter. She sometimes says to her daughter, like she touches her arm. I know Sujay too. She's the most like gentle, thoughtful, mm. amazing person. Mm. So she was like, yeah, I just touch her arm. And I say, does that feel good? So that when she grows up, she'll be able to tell yeah, what the man does or doesn't. woman or person that she's involved with. Like, this is what I like. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I like this. No, I don't like or that. Or what if yeah, we exactly taught what kids what you're talking about? Did you say your root chakra? What? Tell me, because I don't know what that is. So means. your chakra system is basically just the Eastern uh, philosophy about the energy centers in your body that yeah. have been proven through electromagnetic field work and uh, or electromagnetic frequencies like EEGs and, and different like machines yeah. and scientific equipment, et cetera. And the chakra system is just like, it's there, there. there's a gland for each center. So it's literally like a meridian and an energy center in your body. Theoretically, there are like seven. There's an eighth above your head. Some, some schools of thought say that there are more, but it pretty much goes along with like where your energy is, right? Your legs are your roots, then your womb or your, in the, the Eastern tradition, it's called the Hada or the Dantian for a man. 
that's our sexual organs, our creation, right? We literally birth things into reality. Then our digestion is a lot of fire, takes a lot of heat. It's also like follow your gut. Your gut's like your second brain. So that's like your willpower, your motivation. Also, like when you walk with your chest forward, that's like confidence and strength and power. Your heart, obviously, as we know, um, has like far more electromagnetic power than even your brain does. And so that's really like the radiant energy. That's what we feel when we connect with people. Then our throat is our voice. This is like your thyroid um, expression. Then your third eye is like your sight, your vision, where light comes in and your crown is basically like your connection to the divine. I love the way that paradigm, like this here is just part of it. Yeah. We should be teaching our kids that. I've actually come to realize like what I'm About their dealing with now is my sexuality and my roots chakra is very much attached to like my safety. Yeah. And so like if I don't feel safe in a relationship, then I will not feel like having sex. And like, so now like I'm, that's something that I'm like working through and looking at and bringing awareness to and figuring out how I can, you know, create a relationship to where I really feel comfortable and safe and stable in order for me to feel safe and open sexually. Because I feel like that's something a lot of people probably can understand, but we think of it like, oh, we lose our sexual desire, we lose this or we lose that, which is definitely part of it. But for me specifically, it was like, oh, shit. But there's also like my whole emotional and sexual chakras and roots you know, and the whole system is connected and something is a little bit off. Yeah. Well, the second chakra is the sexuality <laughs> and the emotions. And the first chakra is literally safety, belonging, roots, security, foundation. And you will, you can know too, like when, when someone's like, you know, just jamming in or rushing it. Like I had to, when I like opened my body to someone for the first time after so long, we literally like waited until she opened was like, wait for the pussy to tell you that you're welcome here. This is a fucking temple. You better get on your motherfucking knees and <laughs> let the doors open for you. And it was wild. It was a totally different experience. You know how many times I've let someone just like stick it in when she's Ooh, not ready? No. And you like lick your fingers right. to make yeah. it. Fuck that. No, she, it is a self-lubricating mechanism. When yeah. she's ready, she will let you know. And it yeah. was totally mind-blowing to like wait and feel literally the gates of my body open and welcome this person in as opposed to just like going in without him. Incoming. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck that. And that's because I felt safe. Mm -hmm. We took the time. We like held the container until I felt safe. And then as soon as I felt safe, it was like those two base chakras, our, our security, our survival, our, our emotions, right? Like that's the next thing. Even animals have emotions, right? Like they get angry or they get like, you know, elephants will grieve. Like those are these primal aspects of ourselves. And so if one is shut or not working, then the other is going to be off balance. And so those, those two chakras in particular really have a lot to do with your sexuality and your capacity to feel safe in order to really live into the most empowered version of your sexuality. You know what I was just thinking of when you said that, Mia? Um, first of all, thank you so much for saying that because I think one of the biggest things is for straight women is having sex, having intercourse with a man because he wants it as opposed to waiting, right? I think it's like a it's, I was I'm just yeah. that shit. I'm like, never again. Uh, no, I was talking to Lori Mintz who wrote a book about, it's called Becoming Cliterate. And she talks about the orgasm gap and how men in heterosexual relationships have orgasms maybe 95% of the time, whereas women do maybe 60% of the time from intercourse. Um, and then another presenter got up at this conference where Lori Mintz was talking and talked about the everything gap and talked about the gap between heterosexual men and heterosexual women who have had painful sex. And it was like the number of men was this infant, you know, really, really tiny number. And the number of women who had had painful sex was like exponentially, hugely larger. I remember after I had a baby, there's this whole like fetishized crazy thing that is so retrograde and so sort of 
male defined, that there's this period after you have a baby when you don't want to have intercourse. It would be really painful. And women would rib each other like after we had a baby, like you would go to have an exam and the doctor would declare you, who may have given you an episiotomy without even asking you, right? And then the doctor would give you the go-ahead to have intercourse either six or 12 weeks after the baby was born. And I was just thinking about you saying, nobody's coming in here until my pussy is ready. Imagine like the total bruising, amazing- Ripped apart. Catastrophe that giving birth is, right? And you need to heal. And then women are being, and so I remember women joking, like, did you convince your OBGYN to not give you the go ahead? And I was like, oh, hell, just lie. You know, that was another (laughs) joke that we made. But the paradigm was to like accommodate intercourse after, for most women, only 4% of women have orgasms from intercourse regularly. So I don't know why we fetishize it. So sad. Yeah. But imagine a woman after pregnancy, like feeling compelled to have intercourse. They need to get some of your encouragement of like, no, hold on a second. Like nothing's coming in here until she's ready. I love that mantra. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what my life is about in general for everything is, you know, one of my friends coined this term, like you're a permissionary. Like I'm not, I'm not a a missionary. I'm a permissionary. I'm here to give you permission. And, uh, yeah, permission to ask for what you want, to know that you can create it to make magic, to be the most powerful version of yourself. Like I even in making my little show that I just created, I had to wait so long just to give myself permission to like, let it be okay to be out there and be big and be magical and like create this thing on my own. Even though there's hundreds of thousands of other YouTubers and like podcasters and people talking about things, it has not been safe to be magical. It has not been safe for women to be in their power. You know why? Because they call you a fucking witch and they burn you. And the last witch burnings were in the 1900s. Like this is not that distant past. And so, you know, all of these things, women being able to control when or not someone enters them, women being able to utilize the powers of their pussy, of their blood, of their womb, of their heart, of their mind, anything like this is how the world was built. You look at every major ancient civilization, they were all matriarchal societies. There were women running shit. There were oracles. There was divination being done. There was earth being read. Okay. The storm is coming. Okay. The eagle says this. Okay. The river's doing that. Like we were reading everything about the world around us and engaging with nature, literally Trees breathe out what we need to breathe in and vice versa. You think that's an accident? No. And so we all have just been, men and women together have been programmed out of our own harmonious and synergistic relationship with one another and with the earth. And I think that that's just like the the greatest source of pain and suffering that we all experience in this life and in this world. And if we can just give each other permission to ask for what we want and then and then hold it like in a relationship. If you're part if you're if you're not feeling safe and you say that to be respected for that and held. And like, "Oh, I don't feel safe right now even though I love you and I've been with you for however long. I just need you to hold me and make me feel safe." And instead of being like, oh, fucking, I want to fucking fuck and don't get my <laughs> nut up and like bullshit, being a fucking man and being like, I got you. You're my woman. I'm going to take care of you and I'm here for you. That's what we need more of. And it's not just men. It's women too. When a man is going through an emotional experience and you're, well, I need you to fucking provide for me and you better stand being a fucking man. Like, fuck that. No, like a real woman will hold her man when he cries and be there and be like, I got you. You're mine. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. You're safe. We have just stripped each other and the planet of that feeling of safety. And that's why all of this shit is the way that it is. So if we can just Man, like work together a little bit more. And that's Girl, what amen. That's what magic is about to me is working in harmony with yourself, with the divine, with your fellow humans, 
and with the earth in order to create the most magnificent and magical existence that we can possibly live. I want that. Hell yeah. I'm so, thank you for being my permissionary. Bless queen. You just call me anytime. You're like, oh, Mia, I want to do it. I'm like, yes, girl, go get it. <laughs> and, our, and our pleasure party. Yeah. I'm not We're I'm doing not that while you guys are in town. That. It's happening. Oh, my um, God. Wednesday tell night. Us, tell okay. us. Yeah, Hump I think day. Wednesday night. Hump day. We can do it here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wherever. T- tell us and all our listeners okay. how and where they can find you and learn all your magical things. So you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Mia Magic, M-I-A-M-A-G-I-K, because we're not okay. talking about card tricks. We're talking about <laughs> real magic. <laughs> and yeah, those are the two places. And I have my little magic micro show, Bringing the Ancient Way to the Modern Day, that will be launching on the solstice. So I don't know when this is going to come out, but whenever. Anyways, and so that's, yeah, that's going to be it. It's going to, it's really a journey into giving yourself permission. What does it look like to live in a state of permission, to trust in your own magic, to trust in your intuition, to receive guidance from the world around you, whether that's a reflection of another person or the clouds or a tree or just guidance that you receive from within and, and what it looks like to follow those things and overcome the shadows and learn to ride your dragons instead of think that you need to slay them. Ooh, so good. Yeah. So good. Mia, thank you. Thank you for both. permission. Yes, mm-hmm. queen. Every day, all day, honey. Which means all the listeners get permission. Yes, you have permission yeah. to be your most wild, magical, free, fully evolved and expressed self. And don't let anybody into your pussy until she's ready. That's right. Yeah. Wait till she's dripping wet waterfalls, you know. Mm, girl, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Love you. I love you guys. Thanks, Mia. Such a fun episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. And if you did, please go on to iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, It really helps the success of the podcast and spreading this message. Much love, guys.